And we have to be willing to let that in. We have to be willing to hear our internal yes, because that yes is going to guide you to the place that you're supposed to be so that you can show up and overcome the things that you are here to overcome. You are listening to the ultimate biohack for women, a movement of women who know what they want and go get it. You know the answers lie within. Reach in and grab hold. This is a movement, a movement of women who tune in and turn their selves on. Now you're biohacking the woman's way, integrating the art and science of hacking your biology like a woman. Tap your magic, conjure your yes, upgrade, elevate, maximize your potential. I'm Dr. Brandy Victory, and this is a movement, a movement that is sure to hack your soul. Hello, fellow humans. I hope you are finding some bliss in your life today, like some real juicy yumminess. I am blissing out myself right now with this beautiful view of the mountains and the valley and the snow is coming and going. It's a, It's been a shifting of snow to apparent rain. It's not rain. It's actually snow melting off my roof. But And then the sun will come out and then it'll cloud back over and snow will come again. So it's been this really great variety today. Plus, I've got my incredible cat leaning against my leg with her purr box on. So I am just blissing out all over the place. Also, I had this really great experience um, yesterday. I, you know, I've been doing this sensual dance business, and we had our holiday party, and we had a clothing swap. It was actually a dance clothing swap. So there's there's the potential to um, wear whatever you want in there. I commonly wear just yoga pants or even a long sleeve shirt or a dress or whatever. But you also have the option to wear lingerie. So as things progress and you become more open, then you know that can come into play. So those were the kind of clothes that were being uh, exchanged there at this clothing swap. So um, I had so much fun. I got so many things. And one of my girlfriends, she was like, yeah, you know, um, I like working in my lingerie. And I was like, what? <laughs> I never even thought of this. I cannot even believe I never even thought of this, but what a concept. She's like, yeah, you know, when I work in my lingerie, my conversations and my work just go way differently. So instead of uh, just answering the phone and going, yeah, okay, got it. Thanks. Bye. She might be like, oh, hey, how's it going? How's your day been? Okay, thank you so much. And it'll be a totally different energy that just wearing lingerie at her work brings her. So I thought I'd give it a try. So I'm seriously just sitting here with some of the things that I got from my uh, little... Uh, exchange yesterday. And I'm so excited to say, because um, if you're like into this and you're doing this kind of thing, I'd love to hear how you're doing it, what you're doing, how is experience, how it's like shifting your life. And if you're not, you know, try it out. Let's see how this all goes. Right. So I'm kind of new at wearing lingerie to work. Obviously I'm not going to treat patients in my lingerie, but I have been known to wear lingerie underneath my clothes because I like to know what's happening in private, you know, underneath there. Um, but there you go. So then, 
then I'm feeling blissed out because I've got this sensual experience that's a little bit different than normal, my normal PJs. And since we're going to be talking about how to overcome obsessive compulsive disorder, this is something I've had for myself. This is something I've helped multiple patients with. Um, I thought today would be a really good day to try this because there's this thing that happens within my consciousness that is, I, I just so relish these days where, especially when it's snowing and I've got a fireplace and I get to stay in my pajamas all day long and never go anywhere all day. Like it's just a rare occurrence that lives in my world right in this moment. So when I have them, it's like everything to me. So for me to put lingerie on, it's, it's like, scratch the record. We're going to go in a different direction here. And it took a minute. It took a minute for me to go, okay, I'm going to do this. Because as we're going to talk about with obsessive compulsive disorder, sometimes, well, what I found is one of the, one of the things that we can do to overcome things like that is to put a halt to things that you do over and over and over again. Shift your pattern. And and this relates to a lot of things in life, but if you're going to change the way you show up in the world, you got to shift the pattern. So I'm shifting the pattern with you right now. So thank you for sharing. Let me share that with you. And uh, I hope it inspires you to just like push pause right now and go put some lingerie on and see how that feels. (laughs) I'm sure you'll be hearing more about this because I think it's going to be a lot of fun. (laughs) But you know, somebody had asked me how I overcame OCD. And I thought, wow, what a great question. And I've really been thinking about that. I gave her a a pretty quick answer, which I'll review everything I told her. But then I've been like thinking about it and thinking about other people who I've seen and the different types of obsessive compulsive disorder and the different ways people have gotten through it and brought resolution to that experience. Now, the first thing I want to say is if you have OCD or you know someone who does, the first thing is seek professional help. Okay. We can't go this alone and expect it to work. Uh, You know, I currently have a patient and she's, she knows her body really well. And I love that. I absolutely love that. But it's to the, it's kind of to the point where she excludes the opinions of others, even though she asks for my help, she wants me to prescribe her things and help her. But it's really, um, she takes it upon herself to decide what she wants and needs. And that's perfectly fine. But in my practice, what we're doing is I don't want to just help somebody feel a little better. I want to help them reach a whole new level of well-being within their body, mind, and spirit. And so in order to do this, it's a process that we do together. So I don't give people a supplement recommendation and expect them just to stay on it for you know months on end or years or whatever, because as you begin to take supplements, your body begins to change. And so we have to check in regularly and talk about those changes that you're finding so that we can modify the protocols to fit your needs, so we can uh, shift them if you're having a reaction or shift them if you're improving. Because if you're improving, then we need to get you off that stuff and move on to another system and get your other systems working just as well. Okay. So this is the process and I'm sharing that with you because it appears, and I could be completely wrong, but it appears that she is kind of going it alone. She's like, I've got this. I, I muscle test my own self. I know what my body needs, which is 
like I said, this is totally great. And I am telling you that if you want change, really significant change to happen in your life and you want to overcome things that are holding you back, you have to have people help you. That is the way the world works. I believe that. We came in here. We we pray for people because we want to help them change. We love to be of service because that is what we came here to do. And as a as a receiver, it's important to allow yourself to receive support from other people outside of yourself. So definitely seek professional help if you have any kind of mental imbalance or anxiety disorder at all. Obsessive compulsive disorder is an anxiety disorder. It can be very crippling. Um, personally, I've had multiple expressions of it and I've seen people with all types and we're going to go through the different behavior types get well. So there is there is definitely a possibility to get well. The thing is, um, and it's really simple, actually, but it's not easy, okay? Because you got to want it and you got to be willing to do that. You got to be willing to do what it takes and it's not an easy process, okay? So, um, you know, for me personally, uh, I, it kept me lock in, locked in my house. So I, when I had obsessive compulsive disorder, it was a lot of it was around food, but it was also around a lot of other things. So I, I would lock myself in my house for three days on end. I would... Um, not answer the phone, not answer the door, obsess over food, eat until I was literally sick. And I've seen this a lot with people. Um, I have a particular patient, uh, Renee, and she's uh, bulimic or she's been bulimic, but this has been her story as well as uh, the overeating food until she's sick. So there's way more to it than obsessive compulsive disorder in that case, but she's getting resolution. So this is, this is awesome. Um, there's also the oversexing. So I've seen people get into places where they just obsess in about sex and, uh, or organizing, or for me, one of the things I would do, I would measure everything. Everything had to be measured perfectly. Uh, if I was going to make a recipe or I was going to blend herbs, I mean, obviously it's important to know what's in your herbal blends, <laughs> like, but I am like, what? It has to be perfect, you know? And now, or I was like that. Now I can like, I throw things together in the pot and I don't measure anything and it feels really good, but I'm going to tell you how I got there. Okay. Um, yeah, there was, uh, another lady that I had that she would, she just, um, and I've seen this in multiple women, actually, they ruminate over very particular thoughts or experiences. So if they do something, they'll be like, oh my gosh, did it go right? Did I do it right? Am I bad? Did I do it wrong? Should I, should have, maybe I should have done it differently. And in this like, incessive ruminating over a particular thought. I can actually understand that very deeply because I would do that when I would do a presentation in front of a group of people. It would make me freak out afterwards and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I should have said that. I didn't say this. We didn't get to this point. Oh my gosh, how was it received? You know, and honestly, I, I it's a huge it's as I'm telling you this, I'm like, wow, I'm actually sitting here with a podcast mic in my mouth and uh, talking to you. And I don't edit these podcasts unless something goes wrong or there's a big space or a gap or something happens. But these are unedited. This is like right off the cuff, you know, whatever's coming out of my mouth. And it's a really big thing because I don't get off here and go, oh, shoot, I should have said this. Let me go change that, you know. Um, but yeah, I get I get what that feels like to ruminate over a particular thought or an experience, you know. Um, a lot of this stuff just really relates back to childhood. So for instance, I have a lady and, and she kind of just freaks out that she's done something wrong a lot. And I find that she was, um, we've been working on removing subconscious interference around 
being a child and never being able to be right, never being able to like, oh, this is so great. It's so pretty. It's so good. It's, it was never that. It was always, come on, you can do better, you know, that kind of story. So, um, yeah, so that makes a difference. I've got a, my cat. I don't know what her deal is. She's in the background in there, like, yowling at me. I think she's like, please pay attention to me or I'm going to be sick. <laughs> I can't decide which one it is. Oh, goodness. Um, so yeah, so, you know, if you have those feelings of, and, and you know what, there's different gradients of obsessive compulsive disorder. So some people are extremely debilitated by it where they can't hardly leave, like I've been there, right? I can't leave the house and those kinds of things, or they do these, um, elaborate maladaptive behaviors that help to, or compulsions that like try to, that minimizes the anxiety. So maybe like tap your head, tap your belly, clap your, uh, snap your fingers three times, whatever, you know, all these kind of weird things. I I never have experienced that on my own, but I have experienced um, helping someone through touching a hot stove. So um, yeah, so, and that was a guy actually. So we'll just call him David. And David, uh, he would, he would just touch hot stoves and he couldn't help it. He would touch all kinds of stoves, but he would, it would be anticipate, he would be anticipating it to be hot, right? When he would do that. And there's no reason for it. He was just obsessive about doing it. And, and it was a compulsive behavior. He couldn't stop. But the thing is this, these are just patterns that are lodged in the nervous system. So when we begin to remove those patterns from the subconscious and from the energy field, then the experience can change, okay? So um, OCD causes people to have like relentless, horrific, irrational thoughts or obsessions or repetitive behaviors. Um, You know, one of the things that um, that patient David, actually, he would do is he would leave the house and he would like just leave maybe, I don't know, not very far down the street. And then he would turn around and go back and check that his doors were locked. And, um, he could not do it. Like every time he left the house, he had to do that. And it was just a waste of time, right? A waste of time, a waste of energy, a waste of precious resources in our nervous system as well, because, you know, he's worried about the doors not being locked. And until he goes back and ensures himself that they're locked, which they always were, by the way, they were never not locked, um, then he, he couldn't feel comfortable, right? So just going back and checking would cause him to relax because he would go, okay, yeah, the doors are locked. So um, there are ways around these behaviors, so I'm so excited to share these with you. Uh, personally, me, and I know a lot of women who have this um, thing where uh, where the... Uh, the labels on your cans of good canned goods in your pantry has to be like facing outward and all the green beans here and all the pintos here. And yeah, of course there's like this level of, yes, I want to be organized, but then there's this level that can go into, I'm obsessed about this and that's where I've been. And I also know other people, women especially have that one. Um, the labels have to be facing or the lids on the shampoo bottles have to be, uh, closed and facing. Right. Um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting, you know. Uh, the The whole idea is that the the uh, obsessive disorder, obsessive compulsive disorder, is 
basically a way to create safety when someone's threatened or when they feel at risk, or it's a way to create control when one feels out of control. So for me and most, no, I can't say most women, a lot of people have both. For me, it was mostly, mostly just a feeling of lack of control. Like I have no control, so I'm going to control everything outside of myself in the utmost. And that way, at least I feel like I have some control. I do this still in some ways when I'm recovering from being sick. If I have, if I get the flu or something and I'm down for a few days, I will absolutely just clean my house so I can like clean out the sick, right? And is it obsessive? Mm, I wouldn't say it's obsessive. I don't sit around and think about, okay, I can't wait to clean my house. But it is somewhat like a ritual. And, and so there's a fine line between rituals that we put in place that become compulsive and rituals that we put in place that are supportive, okay? So it's important to really recognize that there is, there's definitely gradients of this stuff, right? And one thing you should know is that 80, about 80% of the people who go with natural treatments get well. 80%, that's like really great results. So if you compare that to medical treatment, about 50% of the people get well, and those that get well have a higher risk of relapse. And of course, they have side effects from the drugs that are used, okay? But the, but the, so please go with a natural therapy and, and, and get people to support you through this so you know exactly what to do and you have the support. But the thing is, you have to want to get better. Like you have to want it so bad and you're gonna see why because... It takes a lot of willingness and compassion to do it, all right? So again, it's simple, but it's not easy. And yes, you can, okay? So there's three behavior types in the obsessive compulsive disorder world. There's avoidance, escape, and reassurance seeking. So someone who's an avoidance type, they just avoid any experience that might induce anxiety. So they don't leave the house, they don't go around that person. They don't do those particular activities that may induce anxiety, right? They don't speak in front of groups. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's the avoidance type. Then we also have the escape type. So the escape type, uh, again, creates a, a type of ritual that neutralizes the anxiety. So they may feel anxious about germs, so they wash their hands all the time. Or they may feel... Um, anxious about the door not being locked, right? So they go back and they check. So there's a lot of checking. There's a lot of washing. There's a lot of repeating patterns. There's a lot of arranging. And these can actually be the escape behavior type can be very covert or private, you know? So maybe there's, there's these particular thoughts. There are certain thoughts that they think over and over and over again to to mitigate the anxiety. So, um, and then reassurance seeking. That's, that's the one that I think as women, we see a lot in other women, at least I do. Um, there's a lot of women who don't feel like they are great or worthy or good enough. And so it's a constant repeatedly asking for questions to get others to reassure them that everything's okay. Oh, that's a hard one. I found myself in this position, actually, um, and I've worked with women who find themselves in this position. I, I actually had a woman who, she was having a lot of trouble around money. We're going to call her Diane, and and her her money story just she kept getting locked in these loops and it was so weird because I would work with her and it would get a little better and then she would go back. And I'm like, why is, 
I don't understand why she's going back. So it had to do some investigating. And when it came down to it, what I found out is that when she goes into those places where she's feeling, you know, her poverty complex, if you will, uh, she would call her mother and talk to her mother about it. But what was really happening was that she was calling her mother to get reassurance that everything's okay. So I don't, as far as I know, her mom wasn't giving her money when she would get into the poverty complex. She would just be talking her, talking out her story. And it's, it's a fascinating thing because when we tell other people about our story, guess what? We make the story true for ourselves. We make it real, right? So we have to be really mindful about this. Even if you don't have what you would consider obsessive compulsive disorder, if this is a pattern for you, or it may this this you could have any of these behavioral types and not be ne- necessarily considered obsessive compulsive. So I'm sharing that with you because I think it's important for us to look and see. Oh, are we avoiding certain situations so I don't have to put myself into anxious, uh, you know, anxious anxious kind of experiences? Or do I um, freak out when? Uh, I feel like I got germs on my hands and I need to wash my hands or um, do I ask for reassurance from other people because I don't have what I need inside of me to reassure myself. Like you don't have to be obsessive compulsive disorder to have some of those behavioral qualities and looking at those and working with those are really, really vital to one's growth as a personal growth and development uh, strategy. All right. And the thing is, these behaviors are sought after to create reassurance, but paradoxically, they strengthen the OCD. It negatively reinforces it. And so that's what I was saying. If you have a tendency to to tell people or ask people, oh, is it okay? Did I do it right? Um, You know, to get reassurance, you're negatively reinforcing those, that experience and that behavior within yourself. So, so the, here's the only way I know how to beat it. Okay. And basically what you have to do is you just have to experience and process the triggering anxiety without trying to neutralize it. Okay. It's a big one. So yes, you have to just be like, okay, I see I'm doing this pattern. I'm not going to, I feel like this, I feel this anxiety. I experiencing it. Uh, I'm not going to do anything to neutralize it with uh, some weird uh, compulsive or obsessive behavior or safety-seeking behavior, right? So basically what, what I've done and what I teach people to do is to either, if you need if you feel like you need it, don't do it. If you feel like you need a drink, don't drink. If you feel like you need a cigarette, don't do it. Don't get a cigarette. If you feel like you need to eat sugar, just don't do it. If you feel like you need to go back and check the locks, just don't do it. Leave the doors. It doesn't matter. What if they are? What if they aren't? Big deal. Okay? So that's one one strategy. I told you it wasn't an easy one, right? The other strategy is do the opposite. And I learned this from my uh, my sh- my teacher. He's he's a shaman. His name's Art Running Bear, and he says do the opposite. So if you want cake, eat an apple. If you want a soda, get a glass of water. If you want to take a nap, go do some exercise. Now that one's a tricky one because us as women in this day and age, we are a little bit undernourished with sleep and rest. 
and we're also quite undernourished with exercise. So you have to be mindful about that, right? Um, If you feel like you want to call in sick, don't do it, right? (laughs) Whatever you're obsessed about, don't just don't do it or do the opposite. Okay. Um, so, so those are the big things. And, and I want to re, uh, visit the get professional help because it's really difficult to on your own, just stop doing the habits that you do. Like it's just difficult. I know Everybody here that is listening to this has probably tried to stop a habit. And it's probably failed more than once. So I know I've failed more than once. I know everybody's failed more than once on trying to create it, to stop a habit. So professional help can help you with this. You know, there's therapy, there's acupuncture, there's um, coaching, there's getting a mentor. Uh, getting a teacher, someone who can help you in this way, a spiritual guide uh, that, that can help you. Uh, one of the things that I do with my patients to help them overcome these things is the spiritual clearing work that I do. It, remo- it removes the subconscious patterns and the traumas that cause them to continue replaying those old stories, replaying those old patterns, okay? I have patients all over the country. I visit with them via virtually, and um, it's amazing because energy is everywhere all the time. And so when we can tap into someone's consciousness and look at the subconscious frequencies that are creating patterns or blockages, and we can shift that, then guess what? The physical experience changes. That's the way that works. So it's really amazing. I also believe that it's important to be able to get to a place of self-trust. Like you have to be able to trust yourself to overcome it. You have to be able to trust yourself that if you don't do that habit, that have that obsessive compulsive behavior, that the world is going to be okay. You have to be able to trust yourself to not give up on yourself. All right. And so one of the ways that I teach my patients to do this is to really get clear on how to get their body yes and their body no so that they can begin to trust what their their intuition essentially. So their in, your intuition speaks through your body and there's ways of connecting into that and listening to that and honoring it. But you've got to be willing to do that. Okay? You've got to be willing to consider that the information that you're getting is correct. So that might mean that you get a yes to do something wild and crazy. Now, this was really, really difficult, and this is why you need professional help. I certainly didn't get here on my own. I had lots and lots and lots of help, and I still call my help in. Don't worry. Right now, I've got lots of help because I'm in a treacherous place around keeping balance in my life. And I'm very happy to have that. And I absolutely know that the right people come into our lives at the right time so that we can accomplish what it is that we're here to accomplish, okay? And we have to be willing to let that in. We have to be willing to hear our internal yes, because that yes is going to guide you to the place that you're supposed to be so that you can show up and overcome the things that you are here to overcome. Like I believe that we're all here as spiritual beings on this planet to, to expand and grow so that when we move on, we can move into the next phase of whatever it is that we're supposed to be doing. But we're continually on this growth path. And if we're not showing up for that, we are not living a purposeful life. And then we feel shitty. So there's no reason for that because you have the choice right now to make that decision for yourself. Make that decision because 
because you want to be the best you can. Make that decision because you want to bring forth whatever experience that you're here to bring forth, whatever gift, whatever light, whatever expression of grace that you're here to bring forth so that it can be of service to humanity and to our planet. This is what we do, all right? And we can do that from a place of love and wholeness and completeness and yesness rather than from a place of, oh, I better do this so people can see how, from a, rather from a place of, than from a place of martyrdom. And that's where I know I've been. I know a lot of the women, maybe every woman I've worked with, uh, some in some way have given themselves away so that they can prove that they're worthy, so that they can prove that they're uh, lovable, so that they can prove they're enough, so that they can get, get whatever it is, be supported in whatever way that they want to be supported, Right. So when we begin to allow ourselves to be in this place of yesness and trust that our yesness is guiding us in the right direction, we also have to be willing to follow that guidance, okay? So that guidance for me had me leave my family and my husband in Texas and go to California. It was crazy. I never did that. I was in my 30s. I'm like, why am I leaving my family? It doesn't make any sense. But that's where my yesness was. And for me and anyone who has any kind of mental imbalance, this is a very important point, okay? So when I was in the throes of bipolar manic depression, one of the symptoms of bipolar manic depression is going off the deep end. So you might go spend a lot of money. You might leave town. You might just go off the deep end somehow um, in a relationship. Or you might be really mean and hateful, but it's just like, it's it comes on really quick. You don't really have time to think about it. It's just like, I'm here. It's just like the bipolar. You don't really think about it. And before you know it, you're in the depths of hell of depression or you're in this manic state. And it's just this, it's an un uncontrollable when someone's in that place, it's completely uncontrollable. Now I've gotten myself to where I'm not doing that now, which is really great. But one of the things that I had to do is I had to realize that sometimes there's two things. Sometimes it's, oh, you're going to have a bad day. And it's okay to have a bad day. And that doesn't mean that you're going to spiral down into the depths of depression just because you're having a bad day or two. It doesn't mean that at all. Like there's absolutely no meaning, okay? Sometimes it rains. Sometimes the sun shines, right? It's the way. We're emotional beings. We're women. We're chaotic. We are in the feminine and the feminine is crazy sometimes, right? So we just have to know and trust that that's part of our experience. Okay, I'm just crazy today or I'm depressed today. I don't feel great today. I don't want to talk to anyone today. And the other piece is that I had to realize that sometimes since since uh, the, the tendency for bipolar manic depression people is to go off the deep end, that I was afraid to make any any major choices or decisions for myself because I, I was scared that I was going off the deep end, right? So I had to get to this place where I was like, you know what? My inner guidance is telling me to go to California. I have to go. I'm going to California. Now, someone from the outside looking in going, that's a bipolar they might think that's a bipolar symptom. She's just leaving her family. Holy shit. But looking back on it, I, 
I could never have made it to where I am today if I hadn't made that choice. So, you know, again, get professional help with this stuff because you have to know, you have to have someone holding your hand. You have to have someone who sees you, the bigger you than you can see for yourself and help you understand whether or not your decisions are coming from a place of yesness or ego. If your decisions are coming from a place of uh, avoidance or stepping into my greatness, right? It could be any of that stuff. And having someone help you through that is the most vital thing in the whole wide world. You know, again, get a teacher, a mentor, a coach. Um, Be available. Listen, follow your inner voice. Uh, get your nervous system balanced. I personally um, balance nervous systems for people who see me in person. I get them on the table and I do, I literally adjust their nervous system and remove the patterns in the nervous system so that they can begin acting differently. So they can feel differently in their body. Like there's people all over the country and all over the world who do this kind of work. And just again, know that the right person is coming to coming into your field so that you can step into this stuff. Okay. Maybe they're already right in front of you and you haven't said, you haven't listened to your inner yesness yet or your inner guidance yet. The other thing that is really, 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 really important is rebalancing your brain and gut chemistry. Okay. So the brain and the gut, they are in, they are like two parts of a Obviously, there's two parts of your body, (laughs) but they work in tandem, right? So a lot of your neurotransmitters are made in your gut and they they work in your brain. So um, when your brain and gut chemistry is off, then it's really hard to, quote unquote, trust your gut. So you got to get this stuff fixed. And I, I am here to tell you, I've seen it over and over and over again, but people who have gut imbalances don't always know it. You don't necessarily have a a symptom of what you think it would be. So you might think, oh, well, I don't have diarrhea. I don't have constipation. I don't have burping and belching. My gut must be working just fine. But the reality is it might not be. Your microbiome can be completely off and you may be asymptomatic, no symptoms. Your microbiome can be completely off and everything that you would expect to show won't show. But it shows up in different ways, okay? This is why I take people through a very uh, long check-in process, intake process, where they're answering um, like a 400-question questionnaire that will give me a graph of how their organ systems are functioning so that we can see if there's something that's showing up very subtly in an organ system that won't necessarily be a trigger for someone to think, oh, I have a, I have a problem. No. If you open windows in closed rooms, do you think that's a problem? No, it might not be a problem, but if you're obsessive about it or you tend to do it a lot, that might be an indication of something greater than, oh, I just need a breath of air. You might have a cardiovascular issue. Like there's little things like that that are important to take a look at from a professional, like have a professional look at for you so that you can know if there's some imbalance in your body that you can course correct now so that you don't have to go down the path of dysfunction. And usually, unfortunately, in our culture, this is what we're taught to do. We wait till we're sick to do anything about it. But the reality is sickness doesn't happen overnight. It's a progression. And if you can stop it now, if you can like turn around your symptomology now, even though you may not feel like you have any, right? There may be subtle little things going on in there. If you can start turning that around, you won't ever have a symptom. That's the great thing. 
As a matter of fact, you're going to feel freaking fantastic. This is how I live my life, right? This is what I do for every single patient that walks in my office because my goal is to help people improve their lives so they can live a purposeful life and feel the best they can till they die. All right. <laughs> so that's what we're doing here. But yeah, you got to get your brain and your gut rebalanced. And that's, that's a process that you have to do with a, that's what I would recommend doing with a professional. The other thing, and this is um, probably the last thing here. The other thing that's really important is you got to stop the sugar. You have to stop the sugar. Okay. Anxiety is a brain and gut issue. And sugar is a drug that affects the brain and gut. It's bad. It is a drug. It should be regulated, and it's not. It makes me wonder why the hell it's so prevalent in our society, okay? If you want to gain control of your life, you have to stop sugar. Done. Sugar. Done. The other things that go on with that is caffeine, stimulants, Alcohol and inflammatory foods like dairy, gluten, grains, soy. You just got to, you got to corn. You got to do it. You got to just be done. Now, I'm not saying don't ever eat it again. <sighs> just maybe every once in a while. Sugar is one of those things I just stay far away from. It's bad. It's really, really bad for me. And I'll save that story for another day. But um, I am very clear that it is not for me. I don't eat it, and then I might try it occasionally, and then I have a very bad emotional response to it, so I'm just done. And if it has corn syrup in it, oh, even worse. Bad news, all right? Um, but... There's certain things that I can eat, like I can have a little bit of corn here or a little bit of gluten there, and it's not that big of a deal. But what I do see is it causes, if I, if I let it be more than a little bit here and there, if I go, oh, I just had a little bit yesterday, I'll just have a little bit today, and it, a little bit turns into several days, a little bit is in several days in a row, um, I will absolutely start to become... Um, uh, maybe obsessive would be a good word, obsessive about food again. Like it, it does trigger that for me. So um, I know I'm not the only one and I see my patients do exactly the same things. I can't tell you. I think I on my last, last episode that we talked about how after Thanksgiving dinner, every single person I saw came in in an emotional crisis and they had no idea why. And I, every single one of them said they had a horrible diet because it was Thanksgiving. So um, just look at the way you're treating yourself. Look at the choices you're making, all right? Show up. Be the adult for yourself. Let your inner child ha say what it needs to say and give it love. Give it comfort without food, without drugs, without sugar, without alcohol. Like, literally, if you were your own child, what would you say to yourself? Give yourself that kind of love. And then make a daily practice of maybe even writing it down. I know some people hate journaling, but I'm just telling you, just jot it down like a bullet point. Make a note of how you're safe and in control every single day. Because when you write it down, it does something to your neurology. It puts it into the universe in a very specific way that allows it to be more tangible for yourself. And so writing it down, okay, yeah, you know what? I am safe. I'm inside my house. There's no one breaking in. 
No one's holding a gun to my head. I am totally safe here. This is totally safe. Um, I'm in control. I get to choose. Do I go outside? Do I stay inside? Do I go exercise? Do I take a nap? Do I eat uh, clean food? Do I eat chunky food? I get to choose. That means I'm in control. And so making those kinds of notes and recognitions within yourself and making that a daily practice will help mitigate the propensity towards obsessive compulsive behavior. So that is uh, the long and short of it. I think I'm going to leave you with that today. Uh, I hope you're... um, I hope you climbed into some lingerie, actually, <laughs> and uh, you're having a beautiful, blissed out day, and I really look forward to our next conversation. So until then, know I love you, and you're beautiful, and you're amazing, and you've got so much to share, and you have every right to reach deep inside yourself and pull it out with fireworks. Thank you for listening to the ultimate biohack for women. If you'd like to dive deeper with our tribe, join us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you'd like to help grow our tribe, share this episode with your friends. Let's bring this light to our community so that other women can know their true power and we can create a tribe together worth being in. This podcast is for information purposes only. Dr. Brandy Victory is not a medical doctor. And the views and statements expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Dr. Brandy Victory and the producers, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.